This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Before we get started, we wanna let you know if you're going to be at VidCon in Los Angeles in July, you should stop by our booth, mm -hmm. the mythical booth number 717. We're gonna have some exclusive things that you can only get at this booth. Um, there's gonna be some mythical crew that you may recognize that is manning and womaning the booth throughout the week. Interesting Bleak Creek novel photo ops. And if you can't be there, hey, just follow us on Instagram. We'll share some stories to make you feel like you're part of the action. And hey, come see us for our fall tour dates. We're gonna be in Houston, Texas on September 4th and then the dates after that, we're gonna be in New Orleans, New Orleans, I was kind of ambivalent in how I wanted to. Yeah, you didn't make it. You didn't make a decision. You got to make a decision. Birmingham, Alabama, Jacksonville, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Phoenix, Arizona, Sacramento, California, and down in Valley Center, California, rounding out at November twenty third. Go to retandlinklive.com to check out our stuff. Now let's do a biscuit. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the Round Table of Dim Lighting, we're asking the question, do we consider Los Angeles home? What, what makes a house a home? What makes a state or a city or a new place that you didn't always call home a home? And do we do that with Los Angeles at this point? Mm. And I do wanna just go ahead and apologize. This week I'm gonna be the guy who uh, apologizes for being sick. I don't even know if my voice sounds different. I can't, I, to me I sound like I'm inside of like a barrel. Well first of all let me say that if this is just you saying that you're gonna be apologizing for all sorts of things over this episode then I'm all for that. <laughs> no, I'm, all, um, I'm only you know apologizing what? for if the sound like of me you, being sick. See, now you're saying you're not gonna apologize for anything else. If Don't I do shut so, it down. If I do something that's apology worthy, I will apologize. Good. <laughs> but secondly, you sound like, yeah, you do sound like you're in a barrel. I only, in my own ears, I feel like listening to myself now that I'm not completely out of the barrel because I'm not completely over the thing that apparently I transferred to you. I don't believe that you gave it to me. Yeah, well, well how did it start? Sore throat? Yeah, but as we discussed on a previous Ear Biscuit, all of my colds start with a sore throat. And it, what is it right now? It's it it's uh it's moved to just stuffiness and headache. Just, uh I would have a headache if I hadn't taken ibuprofen, yeah. Okay. All right. But what I'm saying is that I it's not like I want to take credit. But for you haven't been contagious for you had not been contagious for what I would consider like at least a week 
before I got my, before my symptoms showed up. I mean, again, I don't know how colds work. I've had this for three weeks, maybe. But you've had a residual sinus infection, which it, it, I don't think I can catch a sinus infection. I can catch the initial viral cold situation, which maybe, maybe it was on something. Maybe you put it on something and for some reason it lived and then I ended up licking something by accident. Well, I yeah. have been randomly licking objects in your in the office. Well, I, I told Christy that you weren't coming in this, you were just coming in for this this afternoon, not this morning because I apparently gave you a cold. And she was like, well, I'm not sick, you didn't give it to me. And we sleep together. And I didn't give it to my wife and we sleep together. Uh, and my kids who, but most likely, especially my. I, I mean, if we're gonna, if you're gonna get something, you're probably gonna get it from me because I mean, the the stuff we end up eating we're, we're, after we're, each other, we're trapped. Yeah, we're yelling at each other right now. I there's, think we're trapped in the same particles. Room. Yeah, being fired at your orifices right now, out of my orifices. We're trapped in the same room. Well, my, more my, more often because I obviously I share a, a bed and a in a bedroom with my wife, but I have like a. I got a special like air purifier in there. It's like constantly catching things. We've got a weird one that like we won for like that our wives got from Ellen. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. We hey, have a weird one from Ellen in our office. Christy and Jesse went to a taping of Ellen and it was one of those days that they, she gave everyone in the audience some a weird air purifier. And we've got it and it's always on but I do not believe that it works. Oh. It's never been, filters never been changed. But Jesse always faces away from you when sleeping because there's a distance between the two of you. No, actually, palpable. you know what? This is interesting because you know this because you you and Christy shared a very very small like single bed. Well, <laughs> nice <laughs> double bed. It was a double bed, but a double bed to me, a person of my size, that's a single bed. That's a twin bed. If I get into a double bed with someone, I am making full contact with them. My leg, also because I sleep on my side, so I take up a lot of lateral space. Um, I do not like to be, I'm such a light sleeper, I do not like to be touched while sleeping because I will wake up. And so, but Jessie is a deep sleeper and she's also, you know, like a super cuddle monster. <laughs> and so, <laughs> cuddle so, monster. so she is, con usually we wake up and I'm on the edge of my bed and she's in my spot, like she has moved me all the way to the side. That's usually how we wake up. But also, she is, she's like, you know, and I think you, you've done this, you've accidentally struck your wife at while sleeping by like m m get moving around it. On night. a weekly basis, I wake myself up realizing that in flailing my right arm, I've either struck her or almost struck her. And the thing is is that I am probably, if there's a spectrum of like accident avoidance, like how much accident avoidance do you have? And I don't know if it's just something about being really big and feeling like I've got, I take up a lot of space. I believe that I am on the complete upper end, almost off the spectrum of accident avoidance. Like I hate to accidentally bump my head into things. You sleep like you're mummified. I don't step on people's feet. Like a lot of tall people will just step on people. My wife, will step on your foot. If, if, you, if you spend more than four hours with her, she will step on you. That's just what she does. And I think it's because she's just little and short and so she feels like she can't do any harm. And so it transfers <laughs> to the bedroom and she's never really clocked me in the face but I have this phobia of her elbowing me or punching me in the nose. And so subconsciously, I sleep on my side 
facing away from her. You're like flinching. But now that I've got this cold and I have a deviated septum, I'm giving you all kinds of information. Take it and do what you will with it. My left nostril is much more, has a lot more airflow than my right nostril. When I get sick, my right nostril is almost useless. So, but in order to lay on my, if I, when you, you know how when you lay on one side and then the drainage goes down and one of the nostrils opens up when you're yeah. sick? Yeah. That's facing her, because I sleep on the right side of the bed. So now I am completely in it. And while I'm sick, I'm sleeping on my right side, completely exposed. I've been thinking about wearing like a hockey mask, but I think that the hockey mask would work against like the, the, the airflow. So I'm really, I really don't know what to do basically. Maybe a catcher's mask. A catcher's mask lets a lot of air airflow. Yeah, through. like a lacrosse helmet. Or that. Yeah, something like that. A football helmet would allow a quite a bit of breeze as well. Like a kicker's helmet that just has just has the like one, the old school the kickers where it's just one. They don't do that anymore. If I was a kicker. They got a full thing now. If I was a kicker, I'd have the one thing. But kickers tackle now. Kickers gotta tackle. Gotta do it all. It's very competitive. This the world's a competitive place now because of, I don't know. Because of the internet. Because of the internet. <laughs> well, I it I mean, I start I had to resort to the neti pot. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going back to this thing. But had and you done it before? I many years ago, and then there was the thing where it's like, oh, don't use a neti pot because you'll get like a brain eating amoeba from the tap. And now when you when you buy one, it's got this big warning on it that says use distilled water. Distilled water. I don't use distilled water. You use tap? Yeah, because it's just oh, it's gosh, a hassle. A, I'm I mean, surprised of all people that you're using tap, well, running it from one nostril. Boy, and that feels, that feels I, weird. I, I, I did it right before I came. Oh. So, so if, I, if I start go, going cross-eyed, you know I got the amoeba. Just be ready for it. Uh, the reason I, so I do have distilled water and did I had. Something, did a, something come out when you did it? Yeah, just a little snot. But not, not, not a lot of stuff. I, I love mean, it. I mean, I had the full-blown sinus infection. I had colors coming out of my nose that, oh, I don't know, you could paint a mural with it. You got brown stuff coming out? I mean, there was bright red action. Oh, well that's blood. There was, huh, that's blood, yeah, I was bleeding. And then there was. Hmm, I don't wanna talk about this anymore. There was like, sometimes I put more spinach in my breakfast smoothie and it goes a little greener and it's, it's you need to see typically a brown. I don't think, I don't think spinach you know, I don't think chloroform or whatever it is that makes chlor- a little, chlorophyll. A little, a little green action. Makes its way into your snot. But I, I use the tap water because those instances of the people getting the brain eating amoeba is like, it's so unlikely. It's, I bought a jug of distilled water. No, you and you know what? You should use it. It you is the wisest the thing jug, to do. You can have homie. It also depends on your water supply. We like, have the same water supply. No, no, I, but I don't think that, I. I think that most of those instances have, I don't think any of them have been in Southern California. Also, I have a filtration system built into my house. Oh yeah, listen to him. And I have a UV light. Oh, listen to him. I have a UV bulb. This this is the previous homeowner. They installed all this and I just, uh, and I just maintenance. You got central vacuum? Uh, Yes, but we took that out. Don't need that. It was very old and non-functioning. Yeah, the the guy who, the, the family who had this house before was all, they were all about the central vac, the, yeah, UV well, you treatment. know, it gets dated. But listen, about that neti pot, if you've never used one, let me tell you, you throw that thing on one nostril and then you start leaning to the side. And first of all, 
if you try to follow the instructions on the back of the thing, it like says weird stuff like rotate your chin, but don't move your chin out beyond the neti pot. It's like, it doesn't make sense. It's, all, it's intuitive. Just you, do it until it feels right. Do it until it feels right. But if it feels wrong, it can feel very wrong. And even when it feels right, it feels wrong because you're filling up that. Not, until you so get Rob, what you my like. My recommendation it, is to watch a YouTube video. But but try. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Besides the brain eating amoeba, the first time you, you do get it, water going down your throat. You feel like you're, you feel like you might be drowning yourself the first time you do it. Yeah, but then after that, it, once you adjust and get the angles right, because I, because mm -hmm. I made my, um, I made Locke do it. Shepard wouldn't do it. You made him do it, and you like, just grabbed him by a head full of hair and just like shoved a neti pot in his nostril. And they just did. He just tilted his head. I was like, dude, you got to get where you got to get where you can be in control of this. And it's weird. It. It's a weird feeling. It's not that the feeling goes away. It's just that you learn to expect it. But I mean, the first time you do it, and it had been many years, so it was very fresh to me. It was like I felt like I was filling up my whole brain cavity with salt water because you mix in so that salt water solution. Yeah. And nothing's coming out the other side, so I'm like Deep, and it's just half the pot's going up my nose. Nothing coming out. And I'm like, where is this going? Is it You're gonna blocked. come out my ear? You're blocked. And I started hearing a weird thing in my ear. It started to burn a little bit, but it felt like. It's all connected. Felt like my eyes were gonna like float out. And it and it's just yeah you feel like you're drowning yourself mm, via weird. one nostril because all that happens to me when I'm super stuffed is it just I I can feel it trying to go into the other side and then just going down the back of my throat and coming out of my mouth, Ugh. so it's like pushing up against all the stuff that's in there but it can't get through. But if a glop comes out, that feels that that's satisfying. That's what you want. I think I became dependent on it. Last time I got sick, there there are people who I bet I was, do it do, I was doing it morning, middle of the day, and night. Whoa. They got a new one that's powered. Have you seen the commercial for the one that you do, you don't even bend you don't bend sideways. You just put you put it on your face and it powers the water in one side and just out the other side. Not necessary. It literally takes it out and then puts it into like a reservoir. So you just like it's like putting on a mask. So what you can drink it later. You could save it and you could see the blood. <laughs> you oh, can God. see all the nasty things and know exactly what happened instead of having to look in the sink. Oh gosh, it's a weird feeling. Why are we though. talking about Getting this? your whole head filled up with saline solution. Anyway. I feel like I st I've still gotta shake it out. I, I hope I don't have, I hope what happened to you doesn't happen to me. I am. I don't doing think the, you could take it. <laughs> I am doing the neti pot ahead of time so that I don't wait until I get the sinus infection to, to do the neti pot. However, some people say that the neti pot actually contributes to sinus infections because it gets rid of the mucus and the mucus is what's doing the, the job. Just don't mess with it, let it, don't try to treat it, just let it, I don't, but it just makes me feel good, okay? And just the, and living on the edge, living right on the edge of a brain eating amoeba makes me feel alive. Every time I wake yeah, up the next day after doing, a, doing the neti pot, I'm like, another day, I made it. You sound like an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Another day I made it. I know I'm not right about this. <laughs> I'm glad I made uh, it another day. So out. I can seem right about it. Shout out to all the anti-vaxxers listening. Well, you're out there, we know you're out there. Way out there. Jessica Beale's a big fan. Uh, okay, so we're, <laughs> gonna answer, we're gonna answer some questions uh, that you asked us. Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well, guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. 
When you add the signature orthotic shape of super feet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Super feet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, super feet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot. From cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive, you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm -hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Let's start with a question that... Um, so we'll do the home question second. Yeah, we're gonna start with a question that actually comes from my wife. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, my wife has a... A, a rather uh, vibrant Twitter account. Really, Lo Los Angeles. A little, okay, little shout pun, out. You know, speaking of seeing Los Angeles as home, she decided to call her. You get it, Los Angeles link. You get it. You get it. Yeah, fam. Um, but she did. She didn't respond to us by asking a question. This is just something she tweeted that you're commandeering for our conversation, which is fine. But I don't want to insinuate that she's shamelessly responding to our prompts. She did ask me this question as well though. I mean, so technically I feel I feel fine about commandeering it. You may have seen uh, a while back, it was already a couple of weeks when we were recording this, but uh, Barbara Streisand, she had a dog named Samantha that was like a poodle, kinda looks like Barbara but hairier. Meaning and, Barbara your dog. Yeah, not kind of looks like Barbara. Yeah, not and in, incidentally, Barbara is my dog is not named after Barbara Streisand. She's named after Barbara Mandrell. But um, Barbara Streisand has cloned her dog at least three times because three of them are currently alive. And she posted this picture. You may have seen it, where she took the three cloned dogs to the gravesite of the original dog. And they were in the, in the did funny a family thing, photo. Did a family photo. She put the three dogs on top of the grave. Okay. And as you might guess, they all look the same. And then there's a picture of the original dog. The the identical. Yeah, the original dog has a picture, like a color picture of itself on the grave. So okay. you've got basically four identical dogs in the picture. Well, which costs more, 
a full color rendering gravestone of a dog or a cloned dog? I think a cloned dog, considering that she claims to have paid $50,000 for it to have been done or, oh, wow. the, or the news claims that that's what it was. And just a few years ago, it was $100,000 to get it done. It's getting pr- cheaper. Price is coming down. That's good. Uh, and so. Bye, bye, bye. Jesse and I have seriously discussed the question before and I'm really surprised that as attached as you are to Jade and how mm-hmm. perfect you think that she is, why you haven't talked about this. Now, I'm not gonna pay. Well, her th- question is. Happy Sunday, is cloning your dog sweet or creepy? She, she made a poll. Oh, she made a poll. Over 1,100 people responded to my wife's poll. Okay. Um, the two the two options were the sweetest with uh, some dog and heart emojis. When's the last time she responded to your poll? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, not while I'm sick, at least. Um, and then the other option was that mess is creepy. Seventy six percent of people, as you might guess, said that mess is creepy. Twenty four percent said the sweetest. Well, I mean, once you set up the whole Barbara Streisand does a photo shoot at the graveyard with three dogs dancing on their, you know, their forefather or foremother. That obviously seems creepy. Well, yeah. But so let's. It's unnatural. Let's detach from that. Let's forget that we know about that and let's try to analyze this question fresh. Now, um, the 199th episode, so a couple back, I mean we did, we had a truncated conversation about our dogs. And what we would do if they died. In the, so thank you for, for your feedback, being part of that conversation, hashtag your biscuit. But we didn't, we didn't talk about, at least in my recollection, we didn't talk about cloning of dogs as not, an option. Not in that, I think we may have talked about it at some point, but not in that episode. It gives me pause, I mean, I think about it, cause it's like Jade, I wonder if the personality would be exactly the same. I mean, it's genetics plus environment, the environment would be exactly the same, so I guess so. I mean, I'm sure there are there's mutations that take place anytime there's a clone. I might do it just to find out that, just to see if, if it's. And let's just assume that the price is reasonable. I'm not gonna pay $50,000 to have this done, but by the time Barbara is in the market for cloning, maybe it'll be 25, maybe it'll be 10. And would you pay $10,000 to save Jade's life? Like if there was a life life altering, a lot of people will pay thousands of dollars if their dog gets in trouble. Now, we adopted our dog, so we didn't pay anything for him. Um, well, but actually like, they do still charge you. Well, they, they, they charge an adoption fee a or donation whatever, fee a, do, a donation keep fee. The stuff going. Uh, but, I mean, a couple hundred bucks, whatever. But if you had to like, okay, Jade has this life-threatening condition, you have to get surgery. I, I assume that you'd pay thousands of dollars for that surgery to be done. I'd do that for Barbara. I mean, I, I'm in a position financially where I can afford to do it and it's not an irresponsible decision. That helps me make the, that makes the decision easier. If, if you're all of a sudden gonna like be the, choosing the, between feeding your children or saving your dog sure, at that sure. point, okay, it's a different story. I mean, another factor is if, I mean, if we're talking about the surgery, like what are the chances of success versus the quality of life afterward? Because like we talked about before, and how old is Jade at the time versus her life expectancy? Yeah, of course, all so, that take into account. Um, oh man, I, I mean, I was liking the overlap idea, which I've, I've since pulled back from, but now I'm going back in with overlapping with an identical. <laughs> but that's, I would not pay 10 grand, that is steep. Well, it's 50 right now. I wouldn't pay 10. Okay. I mean. All right, let's take finances off of the table. 
Is it creepy or it's, not? It, it's free, you can do it for free. Of course it's creepy because cloning is creepy and if we don't have a slightly creeped out response to cloning then we're probably not in touch with ourselves. It's weird, right? It's weird to be able to clone something or someone. Um, it's not natural. But the process is not that unlike twins. You know, genetically, which twins are creepy on their own, I do admit that. Definitely. But uh, I think I would do it. The, the main reason I wouldn't do it, the main reason I would not clone Barbara uh, is because of the judgment that I would receive. And I just would feel like I'd have to defend myself. And I don't really have a defense other than, I just really like Barbara. Yeah, I don't think. I you, don't know what I'm gonna get next time I get a dog. I think it should be secret, but if it got out, it should be unjudged. <laughs> uh, but there is also the sort of the lottery of. Why is Jade living so long? <laughs> well, she's. She's 75. She's amazing. Uh, I've been telling you. But I do like the idea, first of all, okay. Why is she a puppy again? Maybe here's a reason not to clone the dog from a, from an ethical standpoint. Because dogs need to be adopted, right? So by cloning a dog, you're bringing another dog into the world as opposed to adopting another dog. So I could adopt another dog that needs a home next time, just like we did with Barbara. Yeah, it is, a, I, and I think. So, that, so there's a reason to not do it. There's something to pair with that, which is, it is a relationship, I mean, our dogs are family members. They're dog family members, but they are family members. And it's so it's a relationship that then with a new, you just don't wanna have, you don't wanna fabricate just for your own convenience a relationship with the with a clone. It just seems like you're just trying to care, perpetuate something that, and deny something that is a part of life, which is death, and an opportunity to forge a new relationship with all of its challenges uh, and joys. I mean, it's, you yeah, know. Yeah, but what if the new dog's a bitch? Figuratively? Then. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's the risk. You know, like, we, so we got somebody working on our house right now, the contractor, uh, who, of course, Barbara loves because he is a person. <laughs> And the way he described her the other day, this this may be weird to have a relationship with your contractor in this way, but he was talking about Barbara and he was like, she is pure love. She's Th pure love. She's pure love. Like That's what Barbara is. Barbara is just like, again. You're not gonna get more pure love out of another dog. So that is, that. that's a, the risk is, I feel like a, it's a guarantee that with with your next dog, you're not gonna, you won't get that much love. Right, and so, I mean, I'm just like, okay, well, this is such a good thing. We got such a good thing going. Am I willing to take people's, you know, it feels sideways weird. glances at me? Well, it's not like she's gonna wear a doggy shirt that says, I'm a clone, not the original. That would be funny though. Um, I mean, what about, what about cloning? People? Yeah, let's, let's clone our wives if they, if they pass untimely. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why it's so weird. It's like you'd never do that. You never do that to a human. It's unnatural. There's other reasons why we wouldn't clone our wives because they would be a baby. Yeah, it's like you gotta. <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to tell it's you like, about. This is gonna be awkward for a, quite some time. That's what I was trying to tell you about Twilight that I didn't get to. Was it that wolf guy? He, he made a connection with the baby and then waited for it to grow old and then they became 
they hooked up. That that's creepy. With the 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 vampire's girl's baby. But okay, don't think of it in the context of a relationship because I'm telling that, you, there's that's, so much in that twilight. I can go back to it. That's creep that's creepy. But let's just say there's a okay, there's a great mind, like a person who does incredible things, right? I don't know, name someone who we consider to be incredible that does incredible things. That Ryan's toy review. Okay, exactly. Somebody who has just impacted culture for the better. And we're like, well, when Ryan from Ryan's toy review dies, <laughs> what are we gonna do? We need, we need him. You can get, and, and, and when he's a baby, it's like you don't have to wait long for him to do his thing again. That's right, like within three years, basically. Instant gratification almost from a clone perspective. There would be, the channel would be dark for just a couple of years. Right. And for that time, you could just do videos that are just like retrospectives. Like this is what you're gonna get. Don't forget toddler toys. They could have they could start much earlier than start they actually did. Start him as a baby. Did. Put him as a just a newborn. Baby all, all newborn there. toys. Are there channels where parents just get their newborns to review products? Just throw a rattle in the cage and see what <laughs> happens. Well, there should be. There should be. I mean, I think you can exploit your child. From a very early age, if you want to. Did I answer your question? I don't think you have to wait until they're five. Um, With our Ryan's toy review thought experiment, did we reach a conclusion? I, well, first of all, can human cloning be done? I don't think human cloning can be done as effectively and reliably, right? Or is it just is it just unethical at this point? But could they could they really do it and like they wouldn't be like screwed up in some weird way? Like what what, what is the science of cloning these days? Uh, there was the. There was the experiment, I think it was in China mm -hmm. a few months back where um, they were doing genetic mutations for medical purposes, but it wasn't creating a clone. It was using CRISPR on people. But oh then yeah, there were gene edited kids. Yeah. Gene editing kids and there wasn't. That's the, happening. Th there's genetic side effects. You, you know, you, you, try to, you try to get rid of this one thing, but then other things pop up. Well. And then they're, okay, so what if they could create a clone for you that didn't have a head? Of a dog? No, of, of yourself. Okay. And they were like, okay, we're growing this clone of you that doesn't have a head and we're gonna harvest the organs if as needed. You need a heart? Well, we got your heart over here. That's cool. In this baby. <laughs> In this baby without a head. You're gonna get a baby heart. You have to wait for the baby to get old enough. The headless baby's gotta grow up, gotta review some I haven't, really spent, I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking that, about the the ethics of uh, of this, but it does sound like a can of worms that we probably don't wanna open. We don't need more people. We've got too many. We don't need to clone the ones All we have. worms are clones, by the way. It, that is true, isn't it? <laughs> are, they, are they asexual? They all look the same. Worms are not asexual. I'm sure some, <laughs> some worms are. Uh, I, I, I was just messing with you. Let's ask this next question. Um, Jennifer Hadorn, asks, how do you know when a new place you move to finally gets that feeling of home, in quotes? What are the types of things you experience that make it a home? Uh, you both had to move far from North Carolina, which you have many fond memories of, but do you still consider it your one true home, or do you get the same feelings about California now as you did with North Carolina? Just as a side note, I find myself watching our um, mythical road trip videos. I, I, I can't remember exactly. I think in preparation for VidCon and 
a potential bit about being on YouTube for over a decade, because that's how long VidCon's been going on too. 10 years, ten this year. is the 10th year. Um, I ended up going on a rabbit trail of our own videos after looking at other people's. But I watched our, uh, if you don't know, our mythical road trips, when we moved out to LA, um, we had fan meetups at rest stops all across America. And yeah. we documented the whole thing and we made all types of videos, some on the RentLink channel, some on what ultimately became the Good Mythical Morning channel. It was just our second vlog channel at the time. Um, but we captured conversations about our expect, expectations of moving to LA and like our hopes and fears were kind of peppered in to the story of like meeting mythical beasts and seeing parts of the country having never driven across the country. Mm-hmm. It was a sweet time mm. in our friendship, Brett. I, I'm glad we documented that. Yeah. And, was, and some people commented, oh, I'm glad I found this. It's edited really well. We didn't edit it. Chris McCaleb did. Yep, shout out to him. But anyway, um, it brought back memories of that moment when we're, yeah, it was a big deal to finally uproot both of our families, throw all of our possessions. Actually, we, we threw all the possessions that we needed for to move into a furnished apartments. So we shared a U-Haul and then we towed my minivan. Mm-hmm. And then the, you and I drove out and our families flew out once we got to Los Angeles. But um, I mean, that was a huge milestone and yeah, as we did discuss in a number of those videos, we just didn't know. You know, We were coming out to make commercial kings for IFC, not knowing if it would last more than um, a season and it didn't. Anyway, uh, if you wanna watch those, you can. They're still out there. But, road, I, road I, trip, but. but I think that, I know that I was probably more than than in all four of the four of us, probably mm-hmm. more than anyone else, I I was of a mind that we're not going back. Like I was like, we're going out there. I don't care how this goes, we're staying. You know what I'm saying? Like that. My mentality was, we're going to go out there, and even if Commercial Kings doesn't work, we're going to we're going to do something. We're going to do. We we need to make it happen out there. I was just kind of committed to it, and I think Jesse was in a different way committed to that happening, uh, not a this is where your career is gonna take off, but more I'm just ready for something new, ready for a change. We lived in the house that was across the street from the house that she came home from the hospital in. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like it, like her parents' house was across the street from our house. And she went from living with her parents to being in college for just a couple of years until we got married. Uh, and we were in Chapel Hill, but then quickly got back down to Fuquay. So I think that she was just ready for a change. That's her personality. So, but yeah, and I, I think that there was a bit more trepidation on the Neil side associated with the unknowns of uprooting uh, our entire family, moving them out there. I mean, Lando, Lando was in a crib. You yeah, Shepard was too. I was talking to him about this the other day. I was like, you don't really. Like your your whole life has been in California. Yeah, Lando doesn't, and even more so with Lando, who's in like rem- a year. He remembers. Younger. He remembers. I maybe nothing. I don't think Lando remember anything yeah. because Shepard was two, and he doesn't remember anything. No, I right. Mean, very very like sketchy stuff. But so they, the risk was but, low but with but them. Then they, but they would go back. We would go back. 
Like we were out here for six months and then we went back for a few weeks before we came back out again. To get the rest of our stuff. But I, you know, I would say that at where it stands now, uh, we moved in 2011, it's 2019, so we just passed our eighth year. We're in, so we're in our ninth year of being here. And interestingly, we're going, we're, we're uh, when you listen to this, well, we'll, we'll be, a, I think we'll be about to go back. We're gonna go back to, to Bowie's Creek to create something um, that you'll find out about later. But we'll spend some. Oh snap! We'll spend some time. Uh, it's it'll be it's going to be related to the book, uh, Bleak Creek, because you know Bleak Creek's based on Bowie's Creek loosely, tight more tightly in some ways than others. But we're going to go back not just to where we were we last lived, but to our home, like where we grew up. And whenever I get to North Carolina, especially when you go during the the summer and you're immediately hit with this blanket of damp, muggy air. I don't think I'll ever lose the sensation that I am home. That I'm like really, really like this is home. This is yeah. this is where I grew up. This is where I this is where I became a man. <laughs> the roots, man. You tap into the roots. It's like it's like getting back on a bicycle. Yeah. It's just you just kinda it just it feels right. And I don't think there'll ever be a time where I'm driving around Los Angeles or hiking in one of these you know, very deserty landscapes around town when you go into nature, where I don't feel a little bit like a visitor, and I just don't think I'll ever get over that because if you, if you moved around a bunch of different places growing up, which we didn't, we were basically in Bowie's Creek for our entire adolescence. I don't think you can lose that. So in my deepest core, I definitely still consider North Carolina home. And I still feel like a visitor here, and I don't think that I can overcome that. But on a, I have different feelings just on a in a general way. I, I I can get into that after we hear your perspective. Well, I I agree and one hundred percent relate to tapping back into the to my roots when I go back home. That like like I just said, it is going back home. This is this is where I'm from. This is where my people still are. You know, family. Old friends, landmarks. You know, you 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 leave the airport and you drive back home. I got grandparents still living in the same place that they've always been in. I got mom, you know, in in the same county that we always that when we when I grew up, we're the same place. You know, so it's like you travel those same roads and you access all of those memories, and nothing's going to ever take that away, and nothing's going to ever replace that. But I do consider in a different inflection of the word home, maybe a slightly different definition, but I do have a feeling that uh, Los Angeles is my home now. It is legitimately home for me. And I think the question is, what? how long did it take for it to get to that point? I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, my kids absolutely consider this place home. You know, this is the place where they've built all of those memories. And, you know, Lincoln is hard pressed at, you know, at 14 to have a ton of memories back in North Carolina. Lando has none. And so it was Lily who had to make more of a transition. But I mean, it was, she was still young enough that it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, she had a she had a best friend that she's still 
in contact with. She has like a best North Carolina friend, mm-hmm. Lizzie, who was in the Pimp My Stroller video. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> she probably had the funniest voiceover. Well, there was, it was, you know, who's to say? There was so many funny voiceovers. But anyway, I think our kids considering this home goes a long way towards me considering it home because we're like, we're making our lives here. And every day is more memories that you, you know, you're putting your roots down. But I also think it has to do with settling in physically to, a house mm-hmm. that, you know, when we first moved out, that first six months we were living in Los Feliz, which is super cool, in my opinion, neighborhood. Um, got these hills where I think Katy Perry lives up there in those, in the hills, and then you go down to the, the to the shops and you got the super, tr- hey, let's go, let's go to Little Dom's. Let's go to Little Dom's and get us some, get us some Italian food. We yeah. stayed in the, but we stayed in this furnished apartment. We knew we knew nothing like, about where we should be. It was had just, no, it was no, was not decorated, and it was very cold the way that it was decorated, like super modern, yeah, gray, underlit, like it was, you know, it just wasn't how I wanted things to be. You like a bright? Well, I would look at, I would go in the bathroom and look antique, in the mirror. Do you antique, br- bright environment. I couldn't see myself in the freaking mirror. Yeah, I had to the, buy a. A mirror with a with a, I had to buy a vanity mirror like one of those makeup mirrors in order to be able to see my face in my own bathroom. It just didn't, you know me. I really like things to be how I like them to be. So that was oh, really that wasn't home. I mean, it was a furnished apartment. Then we go back and get our stuff. We come back out. We moved into a house. We had a yard, but I didn't really know anybody in the neighborhood. And a couple of the neighbors that we met, it was kind of like I, I feel like you don't like me. There was a weird vibe in the place where where we were. Yeah. And we were, it was, from a financial standpoint, things were tenuous for a a number of years there as we were moving into like paying a painful amount of rent at these places. If you are in the greater Los Angeles area with a family, uh, you better better get it together very quickly. Yeah, because you will be run out of town uh, just because it's so expensive to live here. Yeah, so there was there was definitely a the year or two there. It was like I don't know if this is sustainable. The furnished apartment that we rented cost over three times my mortgage back in Fu- uh, in Fuquay. Uh, it cost over it cost seven times my mortgage. I think you're just <laughs> bad at math, dude. No, I I had bought my house much later, and my house was back home was yeah pricier I, than I, I I bought a I I got a really good deal on, on my on my house, but yeah, the rent for an apartment that was smaller than the house that I owned, but was it was furnished se- seven times my mortgage. Yeah, that's painful. And then we're rent. I mean, I think you know we were fortunate enough to purchase homes, and I think psychologically. Yeah, you're really putting your roots down when you're like saying, "I'm buying this place," and um, yeah, so, it's, so it's that's interesting. where we're at now. So I, and I think that you, um, with with your personality, like getting getting everything the way that you want it, yeah, is a big part of your personality. Less of mine. So I don't like when I thought about this question, I didn't think at all about physical homes, physical homes, and where we're at, and being and where we were before, and where we're at now. 
It was much more just the the vibe that I get from the city and like you know what I'm saying like it, it, and I do remember a um a very specific point and it actually was pretty early on. It definitely wasn't while we were in Los Feliz. It was after that. And uh where I'd flown back home and we still say flying home to North Carolina. That's what we say. That's what we will probably always say that regardless of how long we're here. But I remember arriving back at LAX, which is not the most it's not the most welcoming airport. Like when you get to RDU, you're like, do people actually fly out of here? <laughs> yeah. Is it shut down? Because there's not literally a crowd of people that you have to work your way through and a million people honking their horns as soon as you get to where you're gonna get picked up. But anyway, every time you get to LAX, regardless of what time of day, regardless of what day of the year. It's a circus. It's absolutely bonkers how much traffic there is. But I remember getting back to LAX and walking out and waiting for our uh, a ride home and feeling like, and I, and I wasn't I wasn't like trying to feel this, it just hit me, I was like, I'm home. This feels like home because. Can you, but can you link it to something? I feel like I am now returning to uh, basically the, um, the momentum has shifted. There's a, there, there is a, what do you call it when you get enough? Tipping point. Tipping point, but you're like, there's enough momentum. What is that word that we're looking for? Inertia. Yeah, I, we're not saying the word. I don't know why I can't remember it at this point. But basically, critical mass. There's enough critical mass in Los Angeles now, and I think it does have to do with like familiarity and like comfort, and so that does have to do with like the physical home or whatever, but it just felt like the critical mass of where I kind of considered my home to be had moved, had come with me on the plane back to, to, to Los Angeles, and now I was stepping into this environment that I felt like I knew understood and could thrive in. Well, I, Do you I, know what I'm saying? I know a couple of specific factors, at least for me, so try these on for size. I mean, in general, a sense of community, like actually having friends, people that like, if something goes wrong, your impulse is to call somebody who also lives in Los Angeles to like get help or advice, as opposed to calling someone where you used to live. You know, I think yeah. that's a telltale sign. Can Who do you call in need and then, do you have friends? Do, are you making connections? Are your are your kids and you know uh, partner doing the same thing? I think. Also, it's like, at the moment you feel hungry and you're sitting on your couch, and places come to mind that you can just get in the that car are and not drive Bojangles. To. Yeah, right. You start thinking of places. You know what? I'm gonna go and get a so and so. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a sub from this place. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get some Mediterranean food from this place, not the eight other places, you know, because I've tried them all. I've I've got my favorites. I know where I'm gonna get the cheeseburger, and I'm gonna go to the pizza place. And when I go in there, the guy's gonna know me by name. I mean, that's really home, right? When the pizza guy knows you. I think another point is we went to the pizza place. They were closing, and he said, "Uh." And we're like, I'm sorry, you're closing. And then he was like, you know what? Place your order, I'll deliver it to your house. And he knew, because he knows where our house is. Yeah, that's a good sign. 
Yeah, I, I'm home, baby. When when I can almost telepathically order pizza, I'm home. And I, and trust me, I think that's probably Christie's first measure of home is do I know my pizza guy? I think being so able to, that, to that navigate took six years for her to being being able to navigate the landscape and not need GPS. GPS, I think is now. You basically, if you live in any city, you probably always have your GPS on because you never know when you're going to run into like variables, traffic, and accidents and, and stuff like that. But but you won't get lost if your phone dies. Yeah, because L.A. is huge, and I, I remember. You know, we used to come out here, before we were doing Commercial Kings, we would come out here, because of course we did that amazing hit show on the CW in 2007 called Online Nation. So good it got canceled after four episodes. Um, but we would come out to work on that and then to come out and pitch other things and we were trying to make things happen here. And we would stay at the Beverly Garland Hotel on uh, Vine? What is that on? Uh, Vineland. Vineland, I just passed it the other other night where you're on Ventura, because we went to eat with some people in Studio City, we were on Ventura, took a left on Vineland, and you know you go past that little shopping center that had the city walk, that we like would walk to the city walk down from the Beverly yeah, Garland. Yeah. Our world was the- That block. That block, and then if we were to drive, it was, we would take the 101 through the mountains, down to somewhere in Hollywood to do something, to have a meeting, maybe go all the way to Beverly Hills. Yeah, that's all we but knew. But that, that, was, that was it, and that's just a very small sliver of Los Angeles, and then once you can kinda like, oh, I can draw the, for me, I know this is, like Jessie couldn't do this because she doesn't, She I annoy her to the point that I try to understand the geography in my mind. Yeah. Uh, but for me, that was a big point. Like, because in North Carolina, like, we, of course, we, when we were in North Carolina, at least up until the end, like, there was we there was no GPS. Like, you didn't you no. just you didn't use GPS to get anywhere. So you could get everywhere you needed to go by just you just knew the environment and you kind of always knew where you were. So when that happened to me in Los Angeles, it started to feel like home. And that, I'm that was that was a big moment. You know, in Britain's been living with us for half a year. He's traveling a lot with the the opportunities that he has for making music. But I mean, our our home is his home base, but uh, I don't think I'm going on a limb here to say that like he doesn't consider Los Angeles home. I mean, after six months. I he's mean, also living with you. He's living in my closet. Living a, yeah, in a very small yeah. area. And uh, you know, we ask him, I'll ask him, so what, you know, where'd you go today? And he's like, uh, I got lunch at the Jack in the Box, and then like the next day, I'm like, "What? Where'd you Where'd you go today?" He's like, "I w- went back to Jack in the Box." <laughs> you know, so I, I was like, "Britain, they get, he, there's other places besides Jack in the Box. You should shoot. You know, you got to branch out." So he started to do that, but he also pointed out uh, there's a lot of different menu items at Jack in the Box. Yeah, yeah, it's like seven restaurants in one. They got egg rolls at the freaking Jack in the yeah, Box. Yeah, they got tacos. It's crazy, yeah. Jack. Is crazy. He yeah. can't be boxed in. All right, he, Jack is out of the box, man. He is out of the box. Missed, Jack out of the box. <laughs> missed an opportunity there for the name. <laughs> but you know, it's it takes time, and you got to meet people, and you got to you just can't eat at the Jack in the Box if you're gonna make it. If you're gonna 
you're gonna make this house a home. Yeah. Egg rolls aren't bad there though. I'm a fan, but I'm like the only one in my family that's a fan. I don't need to be eating fast food on a regular basis, so it's fine. All right, uh, let's move on. So, so we both think it, we both feel like it's home. Oh yeah. Uh, and a lot of people ask, do you ever think you're gonna go back to North Carolina? And uh, there's no like default, okay, when we've done our time here in Los Angeles, yes, the default is that we're gonna go back to North Carolina. At this point, there there is no, there's nothing like that in play. It's like, this is where we're at. This is where our lives have been established. This is where, like Link said, our kids' lives have been established. So I don't see that happening, but yeah. who knows what'll happen. Um, I love North Carolina. I love living here and I don't, I miss things about it, but I don't miss living there given the 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 home that we've made here. Very happy. I agree. Russell, Alert. What's your favorite song to sing in the shower? Hmm, favorite song to sing in the shower? I, listen, I don't sing in the shower because I got got too much on my mind. Every single thing that I'm doing perfectly, which I've spoken about at length in an underperforming episode of Good Mythical Morning. I haven't thought about that. Your routine is so detailed that you don't have time for singing. And listen, if you watch that episode, it's like, it, except the part about peeing on your feet, it, stop snorting into the microphone. Turn, Tay your nose away, dude. I did a second ago, but then that one was just out of nowhere. I just had to do it. It's right into the microphone. Yeah, don't we have a filter for that? That's what it sounded like. Kiko, well, we got a filter, talking, filter for that, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Tay that thing. Okay, turn away from the mic to sniff. Britain saw Tay in uh, Jack in the Box. I'm lying, he did see him somewhere. He came home and he told me, he was like, you know that chocolate ring guy? I said, yeah, Tay, man, he's still around. He's still in LA, calling it home. Yeah. What was I saying before you snorted all over myself? Oh, except for the peeing on the feet part, which I was suggesting that you do in the shower, pretty much everything else that I talked about in that episode, I legitimately do. And every time I take a shower, there is a, the majority of my brain power is directed towards uh, just what? What's the verb I'm looking for? Doing. I'll just say doing my system. I ain't got and, time to sit there on. and just like. Here's the thing, though. Pleasurefully sing stuff. I think that, that's a sad fact. I think that we have we have pinpointed the weakness in your system, and I think that this is a metaphor in, or an allegory for many different areas of life. I don't want to. I don't want to have a deep introspection. I don't want to. No, if you're too committed to the system, don't do this you, to me. If you're too committed to the system, you can't stop and enjoy other things. You that might could be, be right, happening. so I'm not going to listen. Because singing in the shower, which I definitely do, because as everyone knows, the acoustics it make you sound a lot better than you actually sound. Um. There's just some, I, I, I've done it since I was a kid. Now, I will say that I have a window in my shower and I look out at the beautiful, I got a beautiful view while I'm naked and washing. I'm looking out the window and I'm I'm affirming myself and I'm doing healthy things. Affirming yourself? Yeah, remember? Well, you were there. Yeah, I didn't listen to a lot of what you said. Well, it was just kind of a prop for that that's, episode. That's fair. Uh, uh, that was late in the episode, you glazed over. Here's the thing. So so you sing in the shower now as well as th- throughout your entire life. And I wouldn't say it's a, I would say it's like a 30% of the time. 
That's, that seems like a lot to me for a grown ass man. What's the last thing you sing in the shower? Well, the thing I love about this question from Russell is that I have a song that I only sing in the shower and I would not have been able to tell you that until somebody asked me. I am shocked. I would have bet, I would have bet the amount to clone a Barbara Streisand dog that you would not sing in the shower. Why would I not sing in the shower? It just seems so vulnerable. Like people can hear you, man. Like, I don't know. You I got mis lots of misconceptions about me, man. I think that. You're perpetuating these misconceptions. No, I. I'm a very vulnerable person. I, no, I. It's a, it's a specific. On average. I'm not saying that you're not vulnerable. I'm saying it's a specific. I don't know, it's like we both have a level of self-awareness that I think would prevent, I'm putting myself in this boat. Yeah, but I'm in a shower in my own home. I, it's not being broadcast. But like if. To the neighborhood. If Chrissy's walking in and out of the bathroom, I don't know, something on a psychological level, I'd be like, it's kind of ridiculous that I'm singing in the Sometimes shower. Sometimes I will sing in the shower and Jesse will join me from outside of the shower and we will sing songs together. Together in Did, the, in what is bathroom. this, a Disney movie? <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's the way it goes down in the McLaughlin See, bathroom. You know what, that's beautiful. Jesse and I sing songs in the bathroom, like try to harmonize with each other. It's not an uncommon thing. It's not like a, it's not like a half of the time, but I'm, it's, right. it's not unusual I'm, for us you know to what? start singing. All right, let me, I maybe this will turn over a leaf for me, because I'm Because you seem like I'm the intrigued. kind of person who I'm would jealous. want to sing in the shower, but you've gotten in your own way. That's probably true. You need to what let go sing? of the what routine. What is your song? I don't even know if I'm gonna say the right, uh, the name of the song, but it's by Dobie Gray. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not Give Me the Beat Boys. Give me the beat boys no, it's free not, my soul. It's, I think it's called. Gonna get lost in your So it's not that one. I have sung that song in the shower, but that's not it. What is it's it? the Love and Arms song. I don't, sing it. If you could see me now. The one who said that he'd rather roam. The one who said he'd rather be alone. If you could only see me now. Oh, I've been too long in the wind and too long in the rain, taking any comfort that I can. Looking back and longing for the freedom of my chains, from my chains, and lying in your loving arms again. I do not know You that don't song. know this song? I don't song? even know it. You don't know that W. Gray song? It's one of the best, man. Ah. It must, it I sounds, it sounds so good in the shower. Better in the shower. Well, I've got a cold. It didn't sound bad, but I would hope it sounds better in the shower. Lying in your loving arms again. Huh. Now. That's my shower song. In, in high school, I would sing at the top of my lungs in the shower. I've lost that part of myself. I need to get it back. I would sing Clint Black. I sang Clint Black in the shower. Because we were both going through like a Clint Black phase yeah. and singing a lot of Clint Black. Lately I've been singing Diamond Rio in the shower because I started listening to Diamond Rio. That's good. I start pick apart. I start walking your way, and you start walking mine. I would sing the sad Clint Black songs. Maybe I took for granted you'd be around. 
to pick me up on my way down. See, I, <laughs> I can't sing that low. In the shower, I could. Yeah. Um, you know, just killing time in the shower. Just killing time. <laughs> and I would get out of the shower and my mom, We yeah, our house was so small. You could be anywhere in it, you'd hear me in the shower. And my mom would say, You sound good. You sound so good. You sound good in that shower. You sound so good. I love it when you sing in the shower. And you've let go of that, man. I've let go you of that. You left that back in North Carolina. You gotta bring it to California. It's, it makes it more home. Maybe I need to move back. No, I think you can just start singing in the shower. Give me the shower, boys, and sing my soul. I wanna do one more quick, very quick one. I know you, you, gotta, you gotta wreck an effect, but um, Tam Brand asks, what is the correct answer to what's up? This made me laugh. What's be, up? Because I thought about our college roommate, Greg. Because typically you would say, nothing. Well, I, I, I think normal responses to this are nothing, nothing much, what's what up? You? You are, you, or you, you say, what's up, what's up? You can say what's up back to somebody, you can throw it right back at them. All <laughs> those would be, but literally every time, and Greg wasn't being funny when he did, it was funny, but he wasn't trying to be funny. This is like right when we first started, we, one of the first things we noticed about Greg when we first met him. Yeah, yeah, you, ask, you say, what's up Greg? And Greg says, good. Good, he would say it like that. <laughs> what's up Greg? Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good, uh. and he and he had this like, <laughs> he it's like a it was like this carefree kind of bop to it, like his head would bop, <laughs> and his bottom lip would come up. I mean, he was good, man. Support the upper lip in his in kind of a smirk. Good, yeah, because he he was under the impression that that was, was the, like he was under the influence <laughs> not, of, at the, <laughs> not at that time of joy man he was under the impression that this is the correct response to what's up and i don't know if we ever talked about it i don't i don't know 100% that he didn't do it for effect but he never we never discussed it there were a lot of things about greg that we didn't want to pull back the curtain <laughs> You know, you just, just let it be great. Yeah, it's like it's better to just take it at face value. Yeah, you just like whenever we talk about studying, and he'd say, "Man, you know what you know. You don't learn anything." Yeah, I'd be like, "That sounds like a sound reasoning foundation to not do my homework." And right I now. think, and I, I've and got you fell for that a lot. I've got many tweets from people. Who say that they are employing Greg's philosophy? Like they're like, I, I you I, know what you know. I sat down to study, and then I just remember what Greg said. I don't think that's great advice if your goal is to make good grades. If your goal is just to enjoy yourself while you're in school, and not really use the degree that you're getting, uh, then that's good advice. I'm not using my engineering degree, so it worked for me. We did a Rhett and Link cast, and we had Greg call in, and we had a discussion with Greg. I don't know if that one's been posted to the Mythical Society. I don't believe it has, but I do remember that happening. Okay, that's all the questions. We, 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 Greg with three Gs, we love took you, some, man. We took some time on uh, those questions. We'll get to more questions next time we do an episode like this. Wreck, baby, wreck, baby, one, two, three, four. Wreck, baby, wreck, baby, one, two. Wreck, baby, wreck, baby, one. I forgot I had to give a wreck, so I'm like. Scrambling. Uh, racking my brain. Um. I was coming home, I was gonna leave for work yesterday and Christy sent me a text, she was like, you know we got this, we got a teenager party happening over here. 
Uh, Lily had a bunch of her friends over. And you know, we're trying to be that house where the friends come over and hang out because we think that that way we can we can be in the mix, you know? We can kind of know, we can have our pulse on what's happening in the friend group. But I like You can have your finger on the pulse. I don't think you get to have the pulse. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, we're not, Christy tells me to keep my distance, not to try to bop and get in there and be cool dad. Yeah, just stay on that. the fringe. Right. Or be the guy who picks up stuff that they need and they wanted to roast marshmallows on our uh, our our fire pit. I was like, you know what, I've been, we've been needing to get these. And so I went to the REI and I'm recommending that you go to the REI and get, they got these fancy uh, skewers. Oh, I, wow. I, I love it when someone has thought about everything associated with something that you know, you could just get a a dumb metal version to poke your eye out with. It's like fully retractable. It's like a pointer. It retracts in and out. Well, how much is this? Uh, Thirteen dollars a piece. There's you get two of them. Well, how many did you buy for this group of twenty kids that were at your house? Well, you know me. Well, you, you probably got four of them. I got two packs, which is four total. <laughs> and I told Lily, I was like, so they're doing four at a time, and you're sitting around watching each other. Well, it's a party, man. That's part of it. You, you should have gotten enough skewers for people to pack into your fire pit, which I think twelve people could be in I that fire pit. I told Lily, you should have. I was like, 12. I think you. When I brought him home, I was like, I think you should. I was like bragging about it. Look what I got. They're retractable. They got the fork on the end, and look, you can hold the handle and rotate your thumb, and it will twist the entire thing for perfect marshmallow roasting. But. With these four that I've got, I would recommend that you choose. You didn't even get enough for your own family. Designated roast. You didn't even get enough for the Neils. They're expensive, There's man. There's five of you. $12. This is a, what are you gonna do when your family's roasting marshmallows? There's gonna be one I'm odd person out. I'm a, everybody doesn't need to roast. Someone's on like graham cracker duty. Somebody's mm -hmm. on chocolate duty. Somebody's an assembler and some and uh, some people are roasters. Yeah, I make everybody do all their s'mores. Some people are better roasters than others and if you give everybody roasters, eyes are gonna be poked out. Um, That's all part Marshmallows of are gonna be burnt. One person going to the emergency room is part of your first camping trip. It's just, it's, it's a rite of passage. I found an awesome thing and I, I ain't buying too many. So you're, you're recommending this. But we it is pretty, four, ex man. pretty as expensive. I just, I'll add a rec to Lorec. I think you should get one per family member. <laughs> <laughs> then I, if I had to do, they're two in a pack, so I would have one extra. That's wasteful. Give it to Jade. All right, it's backup for when one breaks. They sound like they got a, mo a lot of moving parts. I'm the designated roaster. Well, then you only need one. Two hands, <laughs> two backups. So the, is this a, an official REI brand thing or you just can get it at REI? Um. You just get it at REI. You can't get it at the grocery store, which is where I was gonna go until Jenna told me to go to Ralph's. This is Jenna's wreck. Ralph's? I don't, REI. 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 I was gonna go to Ralph's. But you got. And she recommended did, REI. Did you, did you get the marshmallows at Ralph's? Or did you get marshmallows at REI as well? I didn't get marshmallows. They already had them. Huh. You're welcome. Well, there you go. Home is where the heart is, and your home in your ears is with us. Hashtag Ear Biscuits. Let us know what makes a home a home to you, homie. And we'll be right back here again next week.